Welcome to the Northwood Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Tommy Metter, lead pastor of Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, if you're listening today, I know exactly what you need. You need hope and encouragement. And my prayer is that the message you are about to hear will help you find hope and encouragement in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit our website, northwoodbaptist.com, or follow us on Facebook. Now, get ready for a message that will help you connect faith to life. I, I know it's uh, a Christmas Eve and you've got a lot on your mind. You're thinking about, you know, getting home and maybe getting the kids down and, and uh, you're thinking about tomorrow and what tomorrow is going to look like. I know some of you are traveling and, and you're, you're thinking about family plans and, and everything you've got going on over the next day or so. Uh, but, but for me, it's Christmas, it's the end of the year, and I'm just coming off of this big victory And so I just want to take a moment. I know you've already humored me enough, but but I just want to revel in my victory for just a couple more minutes. Some of you are wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, What you're looking at on stage is the decorating champion in my neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Right? So it's it's been a wonderful week being the champ. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And in fact, I've, I've been given all kinds of awards. I, I won this thing in my neighborhood. They came by, the HOA came by and gave me $100. That's a pretty big prize, right? I don't know what I'm going to spend it on yet, but I'm glad to get $100. But I also got a couple of other awards I, I want you to see tonight that, that people blessed me with in, in light of my, my recent championship. So I've got two things to show you. I had somebody come back last weekend after I won the championship and brought me my own championship belt. Isn't that awesome? Right? I mean, that's good, isn't it? I've been wearing this thing around the house quite a bit, and uh, my wife and kids are amused by that. And, and then I had somebody come by last night and bring me a championship trophy. Isn't that good? Look at that. Yeah, you need to applaud. That's right. That's right. But look at that. It says, presented to the champion, Dr. Time Matter, first place, Christmas Lighthouse Decorator Extraordinaire Award. Isn't that good? You're not as impressed as I am, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to sit this right here so you can look at it for the rest of the service. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a good week being the champ. And so, so, you know, I've made it to the top. There's really nowhere else to go. And so, you know, I've kind of made the decision, Stacey and I were talking about it earlier, that, you know, it's a good time to retire. <laughs> I think this year is going to be the last year I do the decorations and just go out on top. And you know that's a lie, <laughs> right? I mean, what do champions do? Champions defend their titles. I mean, I, I know I was victorious this year. I, I know I'm the champion this year. But, but every champion, what does every champion want? More. More championships. I mean, you think about Kobe. You think about Michael Jordan. You think about LeBron James. These guys want more, and I want more too. In fact, this morning, I, I was looking online and you know, thinking about what else can I do? I was looking at the different websites to see what else I can order, what kind of lights I can get, and because I want more. I want more in my yard. I want more championships. I want more. And if you're anything like me, thinking back over the course of this year, 2020, maybe it's not more championships that you want, but you want more. 
because here we are at the end of a very unique year, hopefully a year that we will not repeat next year. And, and we want more. We want more peace. Because let's be honest, in some ways, and on some days in 2020, our peace was stolen from us. We want more joy because if we're honest, over the course of this past year, there have been some days when our joy was taken from us. We, we want more satisfaction because there were a lot of days in 2020 that just were not satisfying. Here you are in this room and at the end of a very unique year, and if you're like me, what you want is more. And if that's you tonight, if you're someone who wants more, man, I am so glad that you showed up tonight for this Christmas Eve service because there is a God who wants to give you more. You think about Scripture and all the different people we meet in Scripture. There was a man in Scripture who had seen the miraculous power of God on display over and over again. His name was Moses. You remember Moses? In Exodus chapter 3, God revealed himself to Moses in a burning bush, and he, he, he told Moses, I, I've got a mission for you. I want you to, to go and rescue my people from Egypt. I mean, think about it. There, he saw God in a burning bush, right? This, this bush that, that was not consumed. But not only that, he, he gets to Egypt and he begins to see the power of God at, at work, these plagues. I mean, imagine the Nile River turned to blood. The plague of gnats, the plague of hell, the plague of frogs. All these, these displays of the power and might of God. If anyone had ever experienced the power of God, if anyone had ever witnessed the power of God, it was Moses. And then if that was not enough, after the 10th plague, when the angel of death came by and all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians died, and after the Pharaoh said to Moses, get out of here, Moses took his people and they made their way out of Egypt, but the Egyptians pursued them and they came to a sea, a red sea, not like that was the name of the sea. It wasn't a red sea, but you know what I'm saying. They came to the sea. And they're wondering in their minds, are we going to be captured and taken back to Egypt and, and be slaves again? What's going to happen? And then there at that sea, Moses raises his staff. And the sea, the sea, it splits wide open. It parts down the middle. I mean, can you imagine going down to Folly, right? Raising your hand in the air and Folly Beach splitting wide open. That's what happened. This Red Sea, it it split wide open and, and Moses led his people on dry land right through this sea that had been parted. And if that was not enough, Moses brought the people of God to a mountain, Sinai. And the majesty and the power of God revealed at Sinai. Thunder and lightning, smoke. 
And Moses, he gets an invitation to come to the top of the mountain. And for 40 days, he was there with God. And on the top of the mountain, God gave Moses the Ten Commands, the law that you're familiar with. If anyone had ever experienced God, it was Moses. And I find it interesting what Moses says to God. He'd been on the mountain for 40 days. A lot had happened. And now God is getting ready to send his people from Mount Sinai to a new land, to the promised land. It's going to be an interesting journey. It's going to take 40 years. We don't have time to talk about that journey tonight, but, but still, it's time to go. It's time to leave Sinai and go to the promised land. And this is what Moses says to God before he comes down from the mountain. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, Moses said, listen to this, please, let me see your glory. I mean, seriously? I mean, hadn't Moses seen enough? I mean, he saw the Red Sea parted. He saw the majestic power of God at Mount Sinai. He saw the plagues in Israel or in Egypt. He saw this, this bush being burned but not consumed. I mean, if anyone had ever experienced God, it was Moses. Yet he says to God, it's not enough. I want more. Let me see it. Let me see you, God. Let me see all of you. And maybe you know the story. God says to Moses in verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face for humans cannot see me and live. And you know why that is. Sin. And Moses was a, a great man, a great leader, a, a great prophet. But he was a man just like you and me. And every one of us has a barrier that stands between us and God. Sin. And so God says to Moses, you, you can't see me. If you see me, you'll die. You are so sinful and I am so holy that if I let you see me, the real me for who I am, you will die dead on the spot. But listen to what God says. Here's a place near me. You are to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back. My face will not be seen. And maybe you know the story. That's what happens. God lets his presence pass by Moses, and Moses is only allowed to see the backside of God. But maybe you remember the story. After seeing the backside of God, his face radiates with glory. When he comes off the mountain, his face is so bright after being in the presence of God that his face had to be covered by a veil. Moses said to God, God, I want to see more. And God said to Moses, no, you can't. There's a barrier between you and me. You cannot see me for who I am. And then, and then, over a thousand years later, in a town called Bethlehem, there was a young woman, 17, 18 years old, with, with her husband, 
They had made their way to this city for a census to be counted. It was busy. People from all over the place had come to Bethlehem. Who knows how long they'd been traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And there, probably in the home of a relative, Mary goes into labor. There in what would be the family room where they would let the animals in at night. In a crowded home where family had come and gathered because everybody was trying to get counted for the census. Mary gives birth to a child, a son, Yeshua, God saves. And then Mary and Joseph lie this baby in a manger and the shepherds. Shepherds in a field not too far away, they see the sky light up as angels appear and say, glory to God in the highest known earth, peace to all men, a Savior born in Bethlehem. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but but when you read Luke's gospel, this account that talks about the, the shepherds in the field, there's no mention of a star. The star was given to the Magi. So imagine, these shepherds come to Bethlehem. They're knocking on every door. Is there a baby here? someone just have a baby? Is there a baby? Is there a baby? Until finally they come to the place. The place where Mary and Joseph were staying. And they see it. They see him. This child. Years earlier, Moses had said, God, I want to see more. Show me your glory. And on that first Christmas night, Mary held glory in her arms. The God of all creation had stepped into human history. The God of all creation who knows the hairs on your head became a child and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and was laid in a manger. More, he was here. Moses said, I want to see your glory. Mary held it, the glory of God in her arms. She held more. Several decades later, there was a disciple. His name was John. And John, along with two other disciples, James and Peter, were invited by Jesus to ascend a mountain. And when they ascended that mountain, they saw a sight that in a million years they would have never dreamed they would have seen. And on that mountain, right before them, Jesus transfigured before them. He let them see more. They saw his clothes become as white as snow. They saw his face light up and radiate the glory of God for a moment. For a moment. Jesus showed James and Peter and John who he really was the glorious God of all creation. And there on that mountain were two other men, Elijah and Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses said, I want to see more. And now, not on Mount Sinai, but on the Mount of Transfiguration, there's Moses in the presence of the full glory 
of God. And you know the story. That moment didn't last forever. James and Peter and John, along with Jesus, they came down the mountain. But it wouldn't be much long after that Jesus would ascend yet another mountain, a hill called Calvary. And on Calvary, glory. It didn't seem very glorious. Because as Jesus was crucified on the cross for you and for me, the sky went dark. As Jesus was crucified, it didn't seem glorious. He was bloody and naked. His disciples had fled. Peter had denied him three times. But there at the foot of the cross was John. His mother, Jesus' mother, Mary. And he watched, he watched as the one that he had followed for three years, the one who just earlier he saw transfigured on a mountain. He watched as Jesus breathed his last breath. He watched as Jesus died. And in that moment, oh, this is so good. In that moment that Jesus died in the temple, The veil, the curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies split into two, opening up access for all people to come into the presence of God. You see, there was a barrier that stood between you and God, your sin. But on the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus took down the barrier by dying in your place, by taking the punishment for your sin that you deserve, by suffering the death that you deserve to die. You see, on the cross, Jesus was treated as if he had done everything that you did. He was treated as if he had said every lie that you've uttered. He was treated as if he had had himself every lustful thought that you have had. He was treated as the worst criminal. He was treated as if he was the most evil person on the face of the planet, even though he was not. On the cross, Jesus was treated as if he had done everything you did. Because on the cross, your sin, my sin, that that thing that, that separated us from God, our rebellion against his will that separated us from the Father, it was placed, the punishment The weight of it was placed on our Lord Jesus. And he died the death that you deserve to die. So that in exchange, now watch this, he was treated as if he had done everything you did so that you could be treated as if you had done everything he did. Because when God looks at you through faith, He sees the life, the perfect, righteous life of Christ applied to you. That's what happened at Calvary. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, proving that he was more than a man, that he was the God-man, that he was God incarnate. And through his death and resurrection, every barrier, every barrier has been taken down. And through faith, 
through faith in this one who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, died in your place and rose again through faith, you get more. More joy. More peace. More love. More grace. More mercy. More satisfaction. Not because you deserve it, but all because of a gift of God's grace. No wonder, no wonder, years later, when John, that disciple who ascended the Mount of Transfiguration and saw the glory of God on the Mount of Transfiguration, that disciple who was there when Jesus was crucified, that disciple who was a witness of the resurrection, no wonder some decades later as an old man when he wrote his gospel to tell us the story of Jesus. No wonder he says this in John chapter 1, verse 14. The word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Now listen to this. For we have seen his glory. The glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I can't help but think that when John writes those words, we have seen his glory. He was thinking back to Exodus 33. He was thinking about Moses and how Moses said, God, I want to see more. Show me. Show me your glory. John says, I saw it. I saw it. I walked with glory. I learned from glory. I saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. I I looked him in the face. I, I saw him die for me. I saw him rise again for me. The word, the God of all creation, he became flesh for me. And I've seen him. I've seen his glory. I've experienced more. And this, my friend, is the Christmas story. That there's a God who loves you so much that he gave you more. He gave you his son, Jesus. So that through your faith in him, you can be called son or daughter of the king. And here we are on this Christmas Eve. I know that you've got lots of plans. You're looking forward to a wonderful Christmas celebration. But I bet, I bet there is someone in this room tonight who longs for more. And you know you don't have it. And tonight for you can be a night that you experience more. That you give your life to Jesus. That you believe that he died for you, that for God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son for you, that if you will believe tonight, you'll have abundant and eternal life. Your sin separates you from God, but tonight all of your sin can be forgiven if you'll believe, if you'll trust that Jesus really did live a perfect life for you, that he really did die for you, that he didn't rise from the dead for you. My friend, I'm not telling you a myth tonight. I'm not telling you some kind of fiction novel tonight. I'm telling you truth, that this is a historic event in history. That John says, I saw this, I was there. It happened. And it happened so you might believe and have life. And tonight, 
you'll place your faith in him, if you'll turn from your sins and give your life to Jesus, you can have more. More joy, more peace, more God. You can have him, the God that loves you and wants a relationship with you. In a moment, we're going to sing a song together, and I'm going to stand down front. And tonight, there's an invitation for you, an invitation for you to receive the greatest gift you will ever receive, a gift that can radically change your life, the gift of salvation. Tonight, God will save you from your sins and give you life. And if you want that gift tonight, if you want to believe in him and trust him and have your life changed tonight, I'll be down front as we sing together. You come. You come right now. Let me talk with you. Let me pray with you. And let me help you begin a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your son Jesus for us. And I thank you that in Christ we have found more. We've found the life that you've designed us for. We've found hope. We've found grace. We've found forgiveness. We've found you. And Father, when we have you, we have more than enough. And so, Father, for that man, that woman who's in this room tonight, who has never placed his faith or her faith in Jesus, I pray right now that person would come and trust you as Lord. And Father, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who've placed our faith in you, we celebrate you. Thank you that that even in a crummy year like 2020, we can be content. We can be full of joy and hope because we have you. Thank you, Jesus, that you really are the greatest gift we have ever received. May you be glorified in our lives, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet tonight if you want to accept the invitation uh, to give your life to Jesus, to experience salvation. You come right now as we sing together.